Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. This is episode 200, and that is sort of a milestone. Uh, Feels like a good number to celebrate. And so we did something a little bit different for this episode. Actually, I'm shocked that we did it. My wife suggested that we record an episode together. And this is shocking because if you know my wife, well, you don't because she's pretty private. You can't find out too much about her online. And so I was so surprised that she wanted to record this show. So she asked me some questions. I asked her some questions. And I asked the mastermind to ask us a few questions. And we featured those as well. So enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this this intimate conversation between me and my wife. And one way you can also really celebrate episode 200 with me. If you haven't read my book, The Better Leaders of Better Schools Roadmap, would you go over to Amazon and pick yourself up a copy? And even if you have read it, why not buy it for a friend? That would mean a lot to me. So Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, let's take just a little bit of time to thank our show sponsors. Isolation is the number one enemy of excellence, and isolation is also a choice. There's a better way. In fact, here's what Michelle, a school leader in Maryland, has to say about the mastermind. The best part of the mastermind is a supportive community. School leadership can be isolating, but knowing I have a team of other school leaders with whom to share ideas, struggles, and wins gives me the courage and resolve to do what's best for my school community. Get connected and level up your leadership by applying to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. Imagine having a Fitbit for teachers that measures student engagement. Learn more at teachfx.com. Hey, Ruckus Maker. I am joined right now by Kelly Crane, the expert coach at Better Leaders, Better Schools. And this is a new feature, so let me explain it super fast. This will be the only time I do that, which is pretty fun on episode 200 with my wife. So Kelly's going to join us each week and bring to you, the Ruckus Maker, a tip of the week. That might be an app or some type of strategy. Maybe it's a question or a quote that she thinks will empower you as a school leader. Either way, we'll keep it short, three minutes or less, and we'll just give you some empowering ideas about how to level up. So Kelly, expert coach at Better Leaders, Better Schools, thanks for being here with me. And what's your tip of the week? Hey, Danny. So today I have a tool called Timular Tracker. And this was a tip shared in one of our mastermind groups. And it is an easy way to track your time. So I've never used this before, but it is a diamond-shaped eight-sided cube. And what it does, it connects to your computer or your smartphone by Bluetooth. And it does the tracking for you. So that's a really cool feature. So you can improve your workday you can stop wondering kind of like, where does my time go every day? And what it will do is just give you actionable like insights so you can increase your productivity. So you just set this on your desk and what whatever portion is facing up is the one you're working on. So there's really three steps it does. It defines, you have to define what you want to track. So you customize your tracker. The next thing is you have to track it. So you want to connect it with your with Bluetooth. So it automatically kind of starts tracking the task that is facing up. And then it will analyze, which is really cool. It'll analyze the data and it'll give you insights into how you spend your time. So it's a really neat tool. So if I'm understanding correctly, it's, it's a physical product. 
He has eight sides. You can customize what those sides represent. The side that's facing up actually is the activity you're working on, connects to your devices uh, through Bluetooth. And this way you can track and see where the heck is my time going as a school leader. That's amazing. You got it spot on. So Kelly, since this is a physical product, I'm guessing that it's not free. Uh, How much does it cost? You're right. It is not free. There are three different packages. And the most popular is um, for the tracker, it's $49. And then the software is only $7 per month, but they do bill that yearly. So it's, it's not bad. Right. Awesome. So can you repeat one more time for the ruckus makers where they can get this Timular uh, physical product? You bet. Just go online and it's at timular.com and that is T-I-M-E-U-L-A-R.com. Check it out. It's really cool. For sure. And we'll have that linked up for you in the show notes. Thanks, Kelly, for sharing this tip of the week with the ruckus makers. And now on to our leadership conversation, which is with me and my wife. Enjoy the show. All right, here we are. Uh, no bio necessary this time. It's, it's uh, you know, Danny and Shupi coming at you live from the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. And uh, we're very excited to interview each other in this very special episode 200. Um, so cheers, babe. Cheers. <laughs> you know, I found it so interesting that you wanted to create a podcast episode with me because typically you are super private and um, and then you had this idea. I don't know that you knew episode 200 was coming up or not. I can't remember that part, but you did want to create a show with me. And I'm like, yes, let's do that because I think you're amazing. And uh, I think this be a lot of fun for the ruckus maker that's listening. And just make it, I don't know, people already know I'm a human or whatever, but it just makes it real. So first of all, thank you. Thank you for, well, thank you for everything. Thank you for (laughs) dating me and marrying me and agreeing to this episode. This is awesome. But yeah, let's start there. Why why did you want to create this episode? Well, honestly, it was after maybe a second glass of wine when... (laughs) When I suggested we do it. Okay. And then at the time, it just sounded like a really great idea um, for whatever reason. Um, you're right. I'm a very private person, but I thought this would be fun. It would be a fun way for people to get to know a different side of you and to share a little bit about our lives together. But not too much. But not too much. Yes. <laughs> okay. But speaking of not too much and... Uh, <laughs> Share it about our lives. Shupi, what do I do that drives you nuts? <laughs> oh my God, where do I begin? Okay, so I think one of the biggest pet peeves I have is like your idea of cleaning. Um, it's just not, remember we had this conversation where you were like, well, I just clean differently from you. And I said, no, you just don't clean. Like what you're doing is just like, spreading dirt around the counters. It's not cleaning. So I have to say that's probably the one thing that really, really drives me crazy. For some reason, when you wash your hands, you just drip water all over the floor. <laughs> I I just, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't know why. The towels are far away. Yeah, no, that's still not a good ex- reason for that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, those are two things I could go on. There's a substantial list, but I don't think everybody wants to hear that. It's up to you. I mean, you could use this as a bit of therapy to get some things (laughs) off your chest. You know, I, I definitely knew the cleaning deal. Um, maybe not so much the, the hand washing, although. I've mentioned it to you many, many times (laughs) and you just ignore me and keep walking, looking for a towel. So, the, okay, that's something I need to take action on. And ruckus makers, you can uh, make sure you send me a tweet as a gentle reminder, a nudge to make sure. I guess that I'm drying my hands with towels and not just <laughs> spreading water, dripping everywhere throughout the flat. So, okay, so that's what drives me nuts. Maybe you can share 
a few of the good qualities <laughs> and what what's it like being married to me wow it is an adventure i think that um our lives together have just been filled with so much fun so much excitement i think we tend to we have a really we've got really good chemistry um we get along really well we both have a great sense of humor so it's it's for the most part it's just fun it's a lot of excitement but you know during the tough times it's really great to have your support and to know that we can support each other and love each other and you know not to say that marriage is easy or that our marriage is easy or anything like that but we have managed to make it manageable and and fun and exciting even even through some really tough times mm. yeah yeah i couldn't agree i couldn't agree more i know you're going to have uh, more questions for me later so i won't add too much to it but i definitely uh have won i guess the life lottery or something i mean i I'm so uh, thankful like I said when I, we started this episode um you're right like the chemistry and all that kind of stuff you're my best friend and it's just every day is pretty fun you know yeah. and, and it could be something adventurous like going to travel uh somewhere exotic or it could be pretty mundane and just walk into uh Mark and Spencer's and grab some delicious crackers and cheese <laughs> so but I love it all yeah so we talked okay things that drive me nuts, what it's like to be married to me. What about those weird things I do? Uh, what are some of those quirks? You know, maybe they don't drive you nuts and not pet peeves, <laughs> but you're just like, mm, that's kind of, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. So I think, <laughs> um, you talk to yourself a lot. What? You talk to yourself a lot. And there, there are times when I've walked into our apartment and I can hear like this Italian accent and I realized (laughs) (laughs) you're just like in the shower, like having this conversation with your Italian version of yourself. It's really funny. It's very weird too. But but I would say I think that's probably the biggest quirk you have. The voices. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I like to entertain myself. So, you know, um, that's something fun. So whether that's in the shower or out on the street or whatever. And uh, yeah, I definitely have a bunch of different personas. And so, uh, you know, I start talking and that's <laughs> that's a lot of fun for me. Um, in terms of the work, you know, you've seen me go from being a principal at a local school to that had a podcast and served uh, school leaders, you know, through the mastermind, but that was kind of like a very fun passion side project that turned into the real deal, the full time gig. And, and part of that was you wanted to uh, be a research scientist overseas. And I said, you know what, I think, I think if I um, made this my number one focus, uh, it would be very valuable to the world, um, but that, that we can make it work. So I guess what are you most proud of in terms of the work and what I've been able to accomplish? Well, I think just taking that leap is probably, well, most people just never do it. I mean, a lot of people want to, you know, they want to change jobs. They want to go off and do their own thing. They want to change something in their lives, but it's a very scary thing to do. It's certainly scarier the older you get um, because you've invested time in a career and, you know, you've got health insurance and like there's a safety net. So just being able to walk away from all of that and really focus on trying to achieve your dream, I think is the one thing that I'm most proud of because most people would never, ever, ever do that. And you've done really well. I mean, you've been working so hard for the last few years. I've seen you go through just, you know, the best of times and some really challenging times. And you've stayed on 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 course. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you for that. Uh, Tina Tenda, Shupi Tina Tenda. Mm-hmm. 
Over the past handful of years, too, we've been on quite an adventure, uh, which you've mentioned earlier in the show. And what's been the highlight for you? Wow. Certainly. I mean, I love to travel. And, you know, I always joke. uh, There's this thing that I always say to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, stick with me and I'll show you the world. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's been partially true. I mean, we've done a lot of travel. We've... Mm -hmm seen different things on different continents and different countries. And I have just really enjoyed sharing that passion of travel and culture and, you know, different experiences with you. But I also think that, you know, outside of the travel, because you can travel, you know, a week here, a week there, you don't really get to fully understand a place until you spend an extended amount of time in it. And we've gotten to do that in a few countries, you know, Belgium, the Netherlands, now we're in Scotland. And so just that, that opportunity to, to share that experience of learning a new culture, understanding a new language, just going through the motions of, you know, what you used to think as a tourist were, you know, the best things about a country to realizing that there's more to it or you know, in some cases, less to it <laughs> um, has been has been a really fun adventure. And um, I mean, particularly because you hadn't had the opportunity to live outside of the U.S. prior to this. So it's it's just it's been a really fun, exciting adventure to settle in these these different places and watch you adapt to to life outside of your comfort zone. I think for me, I, I definitely loved uh, living in Harlem, Netherlands, the best. Harlem. Harlem. <laughs> I do my best with it. But, uh, you know, that was a cool experience. Cape Town, though, was my favorite trip. Mm-hmm. Being able to go on Table Mountain mm-hmm. and, I don't know, just be by the ocean. It's such a beautiful area. So, yeah, I really, really appreciated that one. The winery. The winery was really cool. That was, I think, the best cooked meal. I've ever had. Uh, and then the gin experience too. The gin experience that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So I think the last question I have for you before you turn the mic on to me, from your perspective, why should leaders join the mastermind that I facilitate or hire me as their coach? Well, first of all, I need a new pair of shoes. So. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, Well, and I'm saying this very objectively. I've never seen anybody who works as hard as you do and who's dedicated to a cause as much as you are. And so just seeing how dedicated you are to the people you work with, the people you want to work with, to the community that you you serve is just is reason enough for anybody who is looking for just development and support to join, you know, I think that there are a lot of different opportunities out there for people where they can, you know, find support and get some sense of community. Um, but I've seen what you've built and it's it's really a special thing. And I have said on several occasions that seeing you run this mastermind and how people are really growing and feeling supported in it makes me want to join a mastermind too. Yes. So you're great. You're great at what you do and you're great at supporting people. And I think that, you know, there, there are lots of benefits to, to working with you. And I'm not just saying that because I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, babe. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. It means so much to hear those kind words of affirmation from you. Well, Ruckus Maker, I hope you are enjoying this show where we're a little bit more intimate. And uh, I think there's leadership lessons. I know there are within the episode, uh, but we wanted to give you a taste of, you know, the behind the scenes of Better Leaders, Better Schools and our our life and marriage. So we're going to pause here for a message from our sponsors. But more importantly, we're going to refill our glasses of wine. Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal-setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, 
organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at OrganizedBinder.com. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. Imagine if you could give every teacher their own personal instructional coach. Using the latest advances in artificial intelligence, TeachFX gives teachers private automated feedback on teaching strategies such as open-ended questioning, wait time, and talk ratio, all from the microphone of their phone, tablet, or laptop. Learn how you can get TeachFX in your school and get a special offer by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. And we're back. It's Daniel here, your friendly neighborhood podcast host and chief ruckus maker at Better Leaders, Better Schools. And that first half of the uh, podcast interview, I was asking my wife some questions. And now I'm a bit nervous, but she's going to ask me some questions. So go for it, babe. Okay. So one of the things that (laughs) I'm really curious about is why... Do you use Voxer? I remember a few years ago, there was this phone that came out and it was, I don't remember which which brand brand it was, but it had a walkie-talkie and there were all these teenagers just walking around with it. And it was the most annoying thing on earth. And then when it finally phased out, I was so happy, but now it's in my house every single day. Isn't there a less annoying option out there. I mean, how how do, you know, the families of, you, you know, your community feel about just hearing this walkie-talkie app every morning? I think I'd have to imagine that everybody that uses Voxer, their families are equally as enthusiastic as you are about the, about the app. And here's the thing, like, I actually don't like it at all either. Um, there's a few stylistic reasons, like not being able to tag people or getting notified in an audio uh, message that somebody is chatting with you, and it could be a lot to keep up with. So, but in terms of the just the, you know, uh, really annoying noises, I'm I'm with you. And my community knows, like I tell them, it's not my favorite app, and I think this. So this is a leadership lesson for sure. And I'll tie it to the mastermind. So in the mastermind, I used to facilitate every single meeting. And I thought I had to do that because people are investing good money and their time into this group. And that I have to run every meeting and be the one who talks the most or et cetera, et cetera. And that was completely not the case. And what I learned, obviously, give more of the floor to the members because it's for them. It's a service to them. But also, when I invited mastermind members to facilitate the group, the mastermind became 10 times better because Shupi was able to bring her perspective, her ideas, her creativity to the meeting. And that diversity of thought made the whole community better. So to connect that to Voxer, I realized that like I'm on there and I know it annoys you and it actually annoys me too, but um, it's for the community. It's a service for them. And so talking about this out loud and it's something I've been thinking about, I don't necessarily have to be in there, right? And I and, and mastermind members would would tell you if they were here in the room having a glass of wine with, with us, I haven't been using it as much as I have been, right? In Belgium, I was on it a lot, right? <laughs> and here in Scotland, I really am not. And part of that is because my focus is like coaching my brains off and really serving people or creating great content creating the Go community, which at the time that this airs, it may or may not be launched. But, you know, I'm trying to do things that only I can do. And boxers for them to connect as a community, I don't necessarily have to be there. So if the ruckus maker listening didn't catch it, the point is, as a leader, you don't have to believe that you have to be a part of everything or lead everything or do everything. Sometimes you just have to set the stuff up and allow people to play within the boundaries and let the magic happen. So I'm sorry for Voxer. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm taking one for the team. um, And hopefully there'll be 
better options in, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, great. So I think my next question for you is um, what drives you? You know, I've talked before on the show in terms of going to this conference, the Global Leadership Summit, and hearing this quote that changed everything for me, which is everyone wins when a leader gets better. And I thought deep and hard about how am I getting better as a leader? And I could answer that question somewhat satisfactorily. Is that even a word? (laughs) Mine too, evidently. (laughs) But I was okay with the answer, but not really completely satisfied. And I knew there was more out there. And if that statement was true that everybody wins when a leader gets better, then it's my duty to do as much as I could to develop myself, to serve the community because everybody would be impacted in a positive way. So I started that show too, because I was at a crossroads where I I was in uh, Chicago public schools. There wasn't a lot of development for assistant principals. And so I knew that I could either throw a pity party and pout that not a lot was being done for my leadership development, or I could take it you know, ownership of that, that event. And so I started the podcast, right. And just everything changed since then. And I knew like my hypothesis was if I talk with people smarter uh, and more experienced than me, I would get better. And then I would just generously give that out as a free podcast. And that changed everything, changed my life. I got better as a leader, but it exposed me to this, this tribe that wanted what we're doing here. And now I get to serve them and work with them full time. So it's pretty amazing. Great. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So why don't you tell the listeners? Um, This is actually, you asked me earlier about what habits of yours annoy me. Um, And one of the habits I forgot to mention is the fact that you'd never use your hands to look for stuff. Every time you want something, you always ask me where something <laughs> is. And what is my response? Use your hands. Use your hands to look for it. Mm-hmm. So why don't you um, tell us why you never use your hands to look for stuff? I think as humans, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly evolving. <laughs> and uh, so that's just, that's a skill. It's growth mindset. Are you familiar with Carol? <laughs> are, are you familiar with Carol Dweck's? seminal work on growth mindset where so it's not that I'm not using my hands it's that I'm not using them yet (laughs) and that that I can grow into that skill and I have gotten better should be honest with the ruckus makers have I gotten better usually you you we're now at the point where before I say to you use your hands to look for something you start opening drawers by yourself and you say I'm gonna use my hands to look. So I think we're 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 getting there's there. Progress. There's progress. There's progress. And I'm a show and tell guy. So then when I do find it, I, I show you like even the the exact route and the things that I looked through to yes. to find it. So yeah, it it wasn't to be honest, you know, I'm I'm sorry, it wasn't a natural skill of mine. And I love you so much. I love being able to also say, Shupi, where is you know item X? Because you're so smart. I know you're going to know. This has nothing to do with intelligence. It's literally just where you put something and you forgot where you put it. Well, maybe it's not intelligence. Maybe you had the gut. Like you had that instinct of where things might be. No, <laughs> no. I just I just use my hands to look for things. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. You're right. But uh, yeah, so that's a skill that I've learned. And um <laughs> Thank you for that because I've I've found a lot of stuff because I've used my hands now. Good job. <laughs> okay, so on to the next thing. Mm. I would say your sense of fashion yeah. has evolved mm. quite a bit um, in the last couple of years. Um, would you like to... Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that. I think when we first met, uh, it was funny because my clothes didn't fit too well. And they were quite baggy. And I had moved from, if you can believe it, I used to wear baggier clothes. 
So here's here's something funny for the listener, the ruckus maker. When I was a first year teacher in Marietta, Georgia, I can still remember this. I wore a polo, um, nice fitting polo too, to class. And one of my students said, hey, Mr. Bauer, is that your younger brother's shirt? <laughs> and that was so embarrassed because like it fit well, right? Uh, I was so embarrassed. I started wearing baggier clothes. And probably that plus basketball, I, I coached a lot, a lot of basketball before you knew me. And uh, basketball plus hip hop culture tends to, before skinny jeans was more of a baggy look. Um, and I think I just adopted that. So by the time we met, my clothes weren't as baggy, but probably they still. Super baggy. <laughs> okay. They believe. We had to do something about that really quickly. <laughs> but for real, like. It had been worse, if you can believe it. And I had even done one of those uh, services where you have them ship you clothes, right? Yeah. So sorry, get back. then I met you and it got really good, right? Because basically you dressed me up. Like you'd bring me to uh, the outlet mall and we'd go to Banana or whatever and you'd pick out some really great stuff for me. Um, ruckus Makers, that's where the bow ties came from. So <laughs> if you've ever seen me plastered across the... Uh, NASSP website um, when I was speaking and wearing that blue shirt and the red bow tie. That's thanks to Shoopy. So, okay, that all happened. And then I moved to Europe and I, you know, I have the scarves now, right? I've got a bunch of cool assortment of hats. I've got a satchel, <laughs> leather satchel. And uh, I started dressing a little bit better. Um, clothes that fit well, right? Skinny jeans have plenty of pairs of those. But now I'm at a point that I've evolved, I've transcended fashion. <laughs> and, and here's <laughs> here's the thing, like, I just don't, I don't care what people think, right? I've seen the most outrageous things over here in Europe. So that's what you're getting at is what happened today. And so Ruckus Maker, here's the thing. We're going to put it in the show notes. There's an incredible picture of my outfit today. But I am wearing a tank top, some really colorful shorts, very colorful socks because I came from a workout and then I put on dress shoes. And do you remember what you asked me before we left for the orchid fair? Yes. I asked you if that was what you were really going to wear outside of the house. And I said, yes, because I don't care what people think. And I think it looks pretty cool. <laughs> but then what did you say? I said, I really think you should reconsider. <laughs> but you also said that you thought that uh, I'm starting to dress like a dad. What does that mean? Right. Well, I mean... Who nobody dresses like that except like you know dads who have like four kids and they're just so stressed out like they're just happy they got like a pair of shoes on before they left the house. <laughs> nobody dresses like that. And what's really funny too is like we went through a phase where you would always ask me about your outfit. Yeah. Like you wouldn't wear something Unless if I was like, it's okay. And I'd be like, what I think doesn't matter. And the irony is now I want you to like consider what I think. Nope. Because what you wore today was just kind of like out there. <laughs> but that being said, you know, in Europe, people just, you know, anything goes. So if you're going to dress like that, I guess there's no better place to do it. You've taught me well, baby, and you've shown me the world. So thank you so much. Next question. <laughs> okay, so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what gave you the confidence to do this full time, to say, okay, you know, I'm going to sort of jump into the deep end and, and see what happens. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, sometimes I'm scared that people might think that I'm over, like, egotistical or, or cocky or whatever, because I can be really confident, you know, but the truth is I, I was, here's the way I'll describe it. And I, I've used this metaphor, this story before, right? You have a coin and on one side is like fear and you're absolutely scared. There's anxiety and worry and the imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff. And on the same exact coin, the other side of it is everything else the positivity, the optimism, the adventure, the excitement, the confidence. 
And I think I, I've realized that, you know, that life and events and opportunities, like should I go into better leaders, better schools full time? It's this coin. And just like back when I started better leaders, am I going to pout and throw a pity party or am I going to take ownership? So am I going to let fear stop me? Because like you, you even said, right, most people wouldn't do that. So it's like dancing with fear, but not letting it lead. I lead the dance. And so I still jumped and I, and, and I just felt like, you know, if I go for it, maybe it'll work. But it's one of those things where you don't want to get to your grave, you know, and have these regrets that, man, I, I wish, I wonder if, you know. And so that's that's a part of it. The other thing, too, is you. I mean, you've been an incredible rock and support throughout our whole relationship, honestly. And we, we talked about this. Um, and what I asked for, if you remember, was like a one-year runway. Because I could fail. And it could have not worked. And that's okay. I would have learned a lot of lessons. And we would have regrouped and figured it out. So you allowed me that. And... Throughout the whole time, you've cheered me on to success and you've always been there for me. And then the other thing I'd say is, you know, be wary of a coach that doesn't have a coach, right? So I have a coach. Uh, I run masterminds. I'm in a mastermind. Like I do all the stuff that I lead because one, that's how I know it works, but I'm not, I'm not done growing, right? Back to that, that quote, everybody wins when a leader gets better. So I joined that mastermind, Iron Sharpens Iron. Ruckus makers know the story, but that, that's that been a great support too. And to have a mastermind, to have a community that every single week is also cheering you on for success, will call you out on your stuff when you're you know, being bogus and uh, they're there to help you get back up when you get knocked down. That, that I knew with all that stuff that I would probably be okay. <laughs> Um, I think I have just one or two more questions for you. Okay. So you have been, having you in my life has been really incredible and you have just made my life that much better in so many different ways. Can you tell the listeners a couple of ways that I have um, improved your life or not? <laughs> No, we'll, we'll stick with improvements for sure. I have a, a much greater appreciation and understanding of what unconditional love is like. You know, because there's times that we do annoy each other. And I, I can't think of any like real major fights or anything like our stuff. It's pretty funny. Like if there is a fight, we're able to kind of call each other on it and make a joke about it. And that normally even gets the other person to laugh and and have perspective from the outside in and be like, yeah, this is probably not worth uh, being silly over. But um, I've just, I've never felt that somebody would always be in my corner and I wouldn't have to worry about that. And I think, you know, when we first met and just knowing my own flaws and areas I want to work on, that's really important to me. You know what I mean? I don't even know how to put words around it, but you know, if, if you're not careful, that neediness or affirmation that everything's going to be okay, that can really get in the way of intimacy or trust or relationships and all that kind of stuff. And I've just, you know, I've really learned to trust you. And yeah, that unconditional love's amazing. You know, a lot of, a lot of couples say they're best friends, like that's the reality for us. So I really do just genuinely enjoy the times we get to spend together. And if it is something super wild and fun, like travel to Cyprus, let's say we're going there in July, or if it's just recording this podcast, you know, or literally the most meaningful gift that, you know, I've ever received was that journal that you bought for us, which was a, uh, a three-year journal, right? They asked the same question and Year after year, we answer that question, and it sort of builds this uh, this history of us. Um, that was super, super meaningful. So I uh, appreciate that intentionality, too. Yeah, so unconditional love, trust, you know, just being able to, to do life with someone that you enjoy so much. And I think you're really wise, too. You know, like, I can make decisions that could be quite emotional at times, and you're able to slow things down and, I guess, raise my level of 
intellect or logic. I mean, you're a scientist, you know, you, you <laughs> for, for better or worse, you know, sometimes like you need to be less scientific, but that's, that's why it's a relationship, why it works. You know, you, you're able to, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so together we're, we work. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. So one final question I got to, kind of vent about the things that you do that annoy me. Um, are there any things that I do that you find just completely annoying? Let's see. Well, you make me clean. You make me look for things with my hands. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to share a quirk, you know, about you. And, and in doing so, I'm going to share a quirk about me. So you didn't share with the ruckus makers that are listening that I have a habit, which is uh, when I take my clothes off, I love to leave them where I took them off. Like, like if if that's the socks here in the family room as we're recording or, you know, clothes next to the bed or whatever, like, boom, they found their home <laughs> right on the floor and they don't need to be moved. So that has probably caused you some frustration and you've mentioned it over the years. And, and uh, so I'm like, you know what? I really want to get better at this. So I started picking up, trying to be consistent. And when, I, when I'm learning, you know, teaching, excuse me, when I'm teaching myself like to learn this new habit, I put it in the phone using the Todoist app as a reminder. So I actually like the counters, right? You've noticed those have been cleaner, right? That's because every day there's a reminder that pops up and it says, have you cleaned the the counters and I've, and I've had, have you picked up your clothes? Cause honestly it doesn't like, yeah, I just don't think about it, but the phone says to do it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to do that. So here I am wiping down counters. Cause you know, getting better as a human <laughs> picking up my clothes. And I have this epiphany cause I want to sit down in a chair in the hallway and put my shoes on, but I can't sit in the chair because there's clothes all over it. <laughs> and then I... Re- clothes, just my coat. Coats, headphones, yeah. shoes, and clothes. And then I'll start looking at all the chairs. Not all the chairs. This, this, this is what annoys me, Shoopy. <laughs> this, this, we're not asking you. And, and I see, and I, and, I, and I look at the chairs, and I notice, oh, she doesn't put her stuff on the floor. She puts everything on chairs. And so you you have a closet, no, babe, you have a closet, you have a wardrobe, and you have chairs, right? Now, I applaud you. Listen, ruckus makers, don't get me wrong. My wife is learning new tricks, too. And she's made a change. Uh, and I think you ordered from Amazon or some, you know, a couple containers where we can put some things so that we're... Uh, we're proper, so whatever, more organized. So good kudos to you because the chairs are, they're better. Not perfect, but better. So I think, um, honestly, I think, I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. That's the number one that comes to mind was the chairs. I'd have to really dig deep. I know we're going to have a culture question later in the episode. So there's sort of something connected to that, but it's not, it's not an annoyance. It's uh, just something that's unexpected. And I have to, I think, be prepared to deal with it. So I'll answer it then. All right, cool. Well, Ruckus Makers, we are rounding out this episode. And there's just four more questions left. And I want to thank the Mastermind members who uh, wrote in or recorded uh, audio via Voxer. <laughs> and we have it here. So, um, well, actually, we'll start with Eileen's question because she wrote it in. Uh, she didn't record it. And it connects to exactly what we were just talking about. And so Eileen mentioned, since Miriam's from Zimbabwe and I'm from the U.S., what customs did we keep that were unique to our cultures and what struggles have we experienced because of the differences in culture? So th- this is definitely not an annoyance, but something I had to adapt to. Uh, one is your sense of time, right? So there's... You told me there's like, there's now, there's right now, and there's now, now. And they all mean something. Like, I still don't get it. But like, even when we've, we've dated, we've been married with your family, 
and you'll get a text and like something's going to happen and you know, you get ready and you think it's happening, let's say in the next five to 15 minutes, two weeks later, (laughs) it's happening. Right. So that was an adjustment sense of time. And then the second one. In Africa, time is simply a suggestion. Yeah. Um, We're not rushing for anything. Life is pretty relaxed. There's always time for every, there's always time for a cup of tea before you do anything. There's never anything that is considered that urgent. Um, but I do try. I, I really, I really do try with time. I do get caught up a lot. <laughs> That's and that that was the term that I had to learn. Cause you know, like I'll get excited. You say, Oh, I'm coming home for lunch. I'm like, oh, how romantic you know, lunch date with my wife and, and whatever. And then you don't come home until the evening. And I'm like, what happened for lunch? You're like, oh, I got caught up. <laughs> so that is so true. The, the other adjustment I had to make was uh, sort of like talking and stories, right? And I've always enjoyed talking with you. We've been doing that since we were dating on the porch and just talking, getting to know each other, like talk, talk, talk a lot. But then recently when we met family, in uh, North London, Rushton, you know, and we were saying goodbyes. <laughs> and then there was like speech time and man, there were a lot of speeches. So that was new. And then I had to make a speech and I wasn't prepared for that. And I wish I had been. So that one caught me by surprise, but never again. So not, not an annoyance, but that was a new cultural thing to adapt to. The ones that have been new and just like super easy to enjoy would be like all the great music, you know, like Tuku and Ja Preza that I've been introduced to. Uh, The food, you know, Sudza is like now my uh, favorite meal ever. And um, learning your language, you know, Shauna, the little bit that I know has been quite fun. So those things. And um, honestly, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, relationally I'm stronger and I'm more generous since meeting you uh, because seeing how generous you are with your family, I used to be more of a tightwad. And so that's helped me with my immediate family, but also like with the mastermind, sending them gifts as well. So I have, I have you to thank uh, for that. Anything culture wise you want to want to add. I have no idea what's coming. So this, this will be really interesting. Um, okay. So I had, by the time we met, I had been in, in the U S and the U and not necessarily, I mean, I had spent about half my life away from home at that point. So I was somewhat well-versed with what Americans like to call their culture. Um, (laughs) and, but, you know, it's different. Every family is different and every person you meet is different. And, you know, um, what people consider culture, I think in the U S really depends on their own background. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that one of the things that I found very interesting was the fact that you can use cuss words in front of your mother. Like... (laughs) She taught them to me. I know. She uses them too. And um, that I I just could never... I could never do that. I could never say that. Um, You also have a... Um, not habit, but you, you tend to like call older people by their first names. Like they'll introduce themselves with their first names. Um, and I, that's just, I'm never, ever going to call anybody who's older than me by their first name. Um, and I remember I had this one lady at work, um, and she, Dr. Kane, I, I still call her Dr. Kane. Um, but everybody would call her Lisa and I just could never get myself to call her that. And so it just, it, it got to a point where she asked, like she, she introduced herself, I guess, to people as Lisa and like she would 
always call herself Lisa. And one time she asked me why I didn't call her that. And so we agreed that I would just call her Mama Kane or Mama Lisa, but I wasn't going to call her Lisa because, you know, she was old enough to be my mom. So that's, that's another, I guess, <laughs> adjustment um, that I had to just sort of get used to. Like, you know, you call Aunt Marie Marie. And I, I remember asking you why you do that. Um, and I didn't feel like there was any good reason for it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. All right, here is a question from my friend, Jean. Hey, guys. Um, not sure if this is an appropriate question or not. It might be too personal, but I would uh, want to know what trials in your life um, that you guys dealt with together had the greatest positive impact. Um, I, and the reason why I ask that is I, I found, and I, I find in not just my life, but others, like it, it's the way you walk through difficulties and challenges, not through prosperity that um, really define like your relationship and your marriage. And so that would be what I was wondering. I think uh, one of the toughest things, you know, that we, we went through, like, Moving to Belgium was awesome in terms of the cultural experience, but professionally was very hard for you. And as your husband was really hard to see you having a hard time. And that just drove me nuts, right? Because, yeah, I just was so not happy with that environment. And then the other thing with that too is, so you see, see you. And I mean, we could be honest, like I'll share this, like I'd see you get off the bus, you'd be crying, right? And that would happen somewhat regularly. And that broke my heart as your husband. And what could I do about it? You know? Uh, so it put me in a very, I feel like vulnerable position. I wanted to take care of you, but by fixing the situation and I couldn't fix it. So I could only listen, which is what you needed, right? I needed to listen. I needed to be supportive, but that was really, really hard. And I think we still need time away from that experience but overall, I'm thankful for it because we've we've had so many good things as a result. And at this point, you know, in life, you never know what tough thing is going to lead to this other awesome thing a step or two down the road. And so I think, yeah, we just need that that perspective. So I know good stuff is still even coming and things are great, absolutely great right now here in Scotland. And they were awesome in Netherlands. Uh, but the other thing that I learned too is that through that tough stuff, like we still thrived as a couple, like professionally it was really hard and I was not happy seeing what you were going through, but we still made it work. And that gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of joy because I thought, man, if life can be that hard and we're still okay, you know, just we can make it through anything is kind of, uh, the sense that I got from that. Is there anything you want to add to this? Um, no, I think that that's a really, it was a really tough year. And, you know, we, we had, <laughs> we went through a lot of things all at once. You know, we um, got married, we went through a hurricane and then we moved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got there and everything that they had promised us was just not the reality. Um, and we had to make it work in that environment. We had to make it, just make it through. And it was, it was a really challenging time, um, I think for myself, but for you as well. Um, but you're right. We, we, you know, I think that didn't affect us. As a couple, um, if anything, I think it really helped us be more supportive and loving towards each other. And, you know, there were things that decisions that I probably was making that you were not so comfortable with. So um, one of the things that I, I somewhat struggle with is if I'm not happy in a situation, I get out of it. I do not like, <laughs> I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like ling letting things linger. And I remember having conversations with you where you were like, okay, but you know, where's this leading to? Like, if you, 
leave this position, what does that mean? And I said, I don't care. I'm just going to let them know that I'm not renewing my contract. And that ended up working out extremely well too, I think. Um, You know, we ended up here in, in Scotland and just, which we love. We, we love being here. We love the people. We love, I love the job and the people I work with. And we have a great community that we're building around us. So that ended up working out really well, I think. Okay, so last question. Uh, we're actually going to play two. Um, Tyson and Amy's are similar in terms of uh, how we navigated some of the big choices like leaving the U.S. Uh, for for Europe uh, and getting married and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll play the audio and then answer that. Hey, Danny. Um, I think a question I would have is, you know, you guys have made a lot of big choices and, and changes and moves. And so how as a couple do you make those decisions, but also inspire or push each other to feel comfortable and confident in making those decisions? So you know, push each other out of, out of your comfort zones, I guess, to, to be confident and to make that decision, to make that change or that leap uh, professionally, personally. So my question would return you both to the beginning. Um, I feel like you and Miriam have had a, a quick story. My husband and I have been together for 21 years. We dated for six, we got married, et cetera. So I'm just curious um, how you met and how you decided, you both decided so quickly that being married and, and making your relationship work was, was worth all of the world travel and leaving jobs and family and all of that. So what, how did you meet and how did you uh, make those huge decisions um, to do that together so quickly? I know at least like one thing in terms of the choices Moving to Belgium, I would say, was more for you than for me, uh, potentially, because you wanted to pursue um, research overseas. And I think now we're at a place where uh, you're supporting a lot, really, what I'm doing. And maybe uh, the opportunities my profession has is guiding a bit of the decisions we make moving forward. So with that being said, I think we share really nicely and we take turns and we're, we're able not to, I don't know the word, like not necessarily that it's selfish, but say like, I, this is, you know, it has to be my way or something. So we're able to uh, let go very easily. Um, so that's one thing. I remember when we went to Belgium, we made, we made a list, like the pros and cons, you know, we, we tried to assign value and stuff. I will say this, like I've learned so much more about decision-making since then. I wish I knew that now. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, And I think I've, I've shared with ruckus makers that subscribe to the emails, but the decision journal, you know, we've tried that out before because we almost uh, ended up in Texas and that didn't happen. But so there was a decision journal, uh, you know, different mental models that I'm trying to study and you want to read that book as well. And then the Alt-MBA was huge too. There was a whole project on decision-making that blew my mind. I never had a perspective like that. So uh, these days, I think we have a much more well-rounded approach. But back then, I think it was a pretty pretty simple list, like, you know, plus, minus, pros and cons. Uh, Don't you think, you know, honestly, even now, looking back, we did a really good job of really trying to think of everything possible. Um, I think we did a lot of homework at least with the decisions to move abroad. And, you know, it wasn't a decision that we took very lightly. Um, We thought about it. We had um, the option and opportunity to go to Australia. But again, we we made decisions based on what we thought was the right move for us professionally and, you know, with regards to family and... um, you know, our desires to travel and, and so forth. Um, so I think we, we've pretty much done a really good job of that. And, you know, what we prioritize and how we prioritize it um, really differs based on what the, what the situation is. Sometimes, you know, my needs take priority and we make decisions based on those needs and other times they're yours that 
take priority. And so we make decisions based on that. So we just, it depends on where we are and what's happening in our lives and um, what we want in the near future for ourselves. I remember talking to your mom about when we're going to Zimbabwe and she said, wasn't, you know, don't you just make that decision? I said, well, I only make half the decisions, right? Like it's a 50-50 thing. And so I think that's the last thing I want to end with is just that we do a nice job of really with the bigger stuff, at least talking to each other about it before deciding like we're moving this way or that way. Uh, We really talk it through. So, yeah. Well, Supi, I appreciate you being my my guest on the podcast today. Uh, this was a little bit different than what we normally do here on the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, but Ruckus Maker, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tell me what you thought. You know, Send me a line, uh, email daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. Uh, but go out there and keep making a ruckus. Supi, any last word? No, thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun and um, I hope your listeners will enjoy this um, and maybe we can do it in another few years. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.